I don't think we're all going to get to the 10-yard line because this is a lifelong process. But if it moves us closer to looking like Jesus and living like Jesus, this is great. Out of out of what the 40 some odd sermons I've preached in my time of preaching, this is by far the most difficult series it is. I've hard. ever tried to process through. Yeah. And I've given a sermon over Philemon, and that was difficult. <laughs> And this is that this is the is, first time I've ever heard it pronounced that way. That is the third way I've heard it pronounced. I don't even Philemon, 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 and Philemon. Uh, Philemon. Philemon. <laughs> Anyways, Can we, are we ready? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, fellas, back at it. Another episode, charitable discourse. Try to keep it charitable today. Always. I'm feeling charitable today because the sun is out. Mm-hmm. 70 degrees, maybe? I saw 74. Oh, my goodness. The what did you out. see? I'll I believe saw whatever the highest number is. I saw is, 71. I okay, I believe myself. Dude, the bike's out when it's 20, though. You are nuts. <laughs> <laughs> and listen, I believe that there is legislation about to be passed that I think everybody in the country will agree upon. And I was reading about it this morning. Oh boy! In the paper, I know Justin has no idea what you're <laughs> no idea. I probably will recognize it, but you have to learn about Justin. He has no idea. I think of it passed the Senate. Daylight savings time is here to oh, stay. Oh yes, I did see that. Daylight see savings that. time is here to stay. As in, there there would be we're no not changing, more fallback. We're not messing with clocks anymore. Anymore, we're too sophisticated for that. All right, I'm so, all for it. So I think that means lighter later. Yes. Like in the in the winter time. Yeah. 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 So that was the that was I the I haven't idea. really thought through my my Well, we'll give it a chance to live through it. <laughs> Let, yeah. Let's live through it once. <laughs> Touch back with me next year and see where I'm at with it. But my takeaway from that article is holy cow, everyone be- everyone agreed on, on something. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> that was my takeaway. The win of the year, daylight savings. There we time. go. There we go. Uh, where are we at today? Oh man, we're in. You know what? We're in. We're in Matthew six again. Hmm. And uh, I was thinking about this before we started. Is there? Is there another? Is there? Is there a more life changing part of Scripture than these three chapters? And what I mean by that is, what Christ did on the cross hmm. now validates all of this. Right. And so I think so often we get. You know, we just focus on the resurrection, but mm-hmm. all the resurrection did was it put its seal on everything that Christ mm-hmm. said and did. Mm-hmm. And so, okay, now let's work backwards. Now that we've given this validity, yep. let's try to parse it, live it, embody it. And so, with that, with the resurrection, is there another place? And you know, in in Scripture, than the Sermon on the Mount, the one He gave, yeah. instructing us how to live. And, you know, in talking about, you know, this as we kind of warmed up today, um, you know, you two have been challenged as you've preached on it. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is this is a cool place, I think, to, to sit for another podcast. So piggybacking off what you just said, the, the resurrection validating, but the scriptures then position the fact that because he resurrected, and the life that he gives to us is the same resurrection power, mm-hmm. that now the Sermon on the Mount is not just some, this is the way the world should be. Mm-hmm. And maybe 
someday somebody will live this out. Mm -hmm. But because of the resurrection power that lives in us to the person of the Holy Spirit, these teachings all of a sudden become front and center for us Absolutely. to wrestle with, to grow in, to embrace as the goal of our lives. It's a present reality. Yes. But so often we see, I think for many Christians, myself and very much included in this, when we think of the word gospel, we think of Christ's death and then resurrection, and we limit it mm -hmm. to that. And I don't want to understate that. We're not understating mm -hmm the death on the cross, and the resurrection. But to Ben's point, it's the resurrection that validates the entire gospel. And the entire gospel is understanding the fact that with the Sermon on the Mount, that Jesus is truly introducing kingdom reality in the now. Yes, we may not fully experience kingdom, and that's going to happen one day in glorification, but for the present, we are being invited to experience heaven on earth. Earth. Yeah, we're not called to just sit and wait. That's exactly right. We're called to act. To and that's move. part of the gospel. This is part of the good news. It's when mm -hmm. we think gospel, when we think of declaring, hey, a new king is coming, this is what John was doing. John the Baptist was doing. He was saying, a king is coming, a king is coming. Not after the fact. Jesus was the king bringing forth a new kingdom, and this is where we currently are. You are making my Wesleyan heart <laughs> absolutely sing right now because this is. In particular, the slant that we come from mm -hmm. is that the sanctifying process yes. of making us like Jesus is all part of the gospel message, Yes, not just being stuck in justification. That's right. That's right. right? As valuable as Absolutely. that is, there is no sanctification without justification. Right. right. It's necessary. Absolutely. Part of the gospel is the fact that we become more and more like Jesus. Yes. And we come to then the Sermon on the Mount. We discuss in this particular uh, last sermon that we just discussed on what it is to invest into the kingdom. And again, and we have to understand that investing in the kingdom is a now process, and there's dividends that we uh, receive in the now. So again, we're not stumbling through this life in hopes of one day, yes, we are hoping for the full glorification of heaven. Will I be healthy and wealthy then? Well, no. And oh. I, don't think, I don't think this is what <laughs> Jesus is saying, because was Jesus healthy and wealthy throughout his entire life? I think there's argumentation to say, no, Jesus was not this wealthy individual no. throughout his 30, 33, 34 years of life. He didn't even own a home. I mean, he even references that. Yeah. The Son yeah. of Man doesn't even have a place to lay exactly. his head. Exactly. Yeah. And, and we have to ask the question, did Jesus ever worry while here on earth? In the midst of not having a home, in the midst of having no earthly security, if you will. Retirement, did, 401ks. Exactly, yes. Insurances. Did Jesus ever worry? And in the midst of this, what we have to remember is that we often think of, um, well, he was, he was God. He was, he, it was easy for him, but he was also fully human. He went through, right. we're told of him experiencing emotion, that he was wearied, he was exhausted, he was sad and angry. And so in the midst of this, we have to understand that he was still fully human in the midst of having a perfect relationship with the Father. The fully human part to me is, is best understood as he put himself in a place to be led by the Holy Spirit, yeah. to depend yep. on the Holy Spirit. Yes, yes. Like, and as a model for us, right? Absolutely. And so did he worry? Well, we know he didn't because he didn't sin. Right. And this is where you were teaching through last week, mm -hmm. 
and honestly, when you look at these three chapters, right, Ben, we, this is where culture and kingdom super collide. Yes. Like, I think we get, like, right. lust, anger, um, commitment, yep. uh, all these other things. Okay, we're moving that way. But we were talking earlier where maybe culture has invaded the kingdom in this area, on this flank, so to speak, if you want to use military, where we have already conceded Mm -hmm. that, well, anxiety is just a part of our lives. And so the boundary has been moved back. We've kind of moved the lines back. We've retreated. And Jesus, in that passage you spoke on, um, brings us back to the kingdom ideal, but also the kingdom freedom. Yes, right. That's, Th- what it that's is. a blessed life. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. The freedom of the kingdom is to flush anxiety out mm-hmm. of our lives. Yeah, yeah. But the, so, the, really, what it comes down to is then: w- is there a part of worry that is allowed, or do we, or are we needing to change the definition? Are we using, are we using the wrong or incorrect terminology for worrying? What I mean, are we not supposed to do our due diligence? If I see a snake in the road, do I just all of a sudden not worry about a child who's running up to that? Where where does that come into play in our lives? No, I, I think if you're a parent, like in the back of your mind, you naturally are aware of the road, mm-hmm. the traffic patterns, where your kid's at. Um, and if I lived with the idea, well, I'm not going to worry about, you know, Colby, mm-hmm. um, it's it's... A busy road, he's playing 10 feet from it, but I'm not going to worry. All of us would say, you've abdicated your responsibility as a father. Right. So, sure, I think there's common sense uh, concern in yep. a fallen world where yep. there's death, yep. where there's tragedy, where there's potential for harm. Yep. I do think we have natural concerns. If there's an earthquake or... T- okay, so let's say in, in Midwest... In the Midwest, sometimes we uh, deal with tornadoes. Yep, yep. Like, would it be foolish for me to just stand on my porch with an impending tornado? Is that the godly thing to do? Would Jesus just stand on the porch while a tornado is bearing down on our subdivision? I think he would go to the basement. Yeah. Like, yeah? Yeah. You tracking with me there? Yeah, I mean, you don't want, you know, this doesn't lead to fool. The, The opposite isn't foolishness. Right. Right, you know, or living without, you know, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, there's a lot to say. I want to just read this through, yeah, just to kind of prime the pump a little bit mm-hmm. for the listener, and then we'll, uh, and then we'll we'll keep talking. NASB, just because that's the best version for me, <laughs> just rolls off the tongue better. <laughs> for this reason, I say to you, do not worry about your life, as to what you will eat or what you will drink, nor for your body, as to what you will put on. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, that they do not sow, nor reap, nor gather into barns, and that your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not worth much more than they? And who of you, by being worried, can add a single hour to his life? And why are you worried about clothing? Observe how the lilies of the field grow. They do not toil nor do they spin. Yet I say to you that not even Solomon in all of his glory clothed himself like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, 
which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the furnace. Will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? Do not worry then, saying, What will I eat? What will I drink? Or what will we wear for clothing? For the Gentiles eagerly seek all of these things. And I shared in worship Sunday, the the people of this world eagerly seek all of these Mm. things. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all of these things. But seek first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness, and all of these things will be added to you. So don't worry for t- about tomorrow, for tomorrow will take care of itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Hmm. I'm still chapped that I didn't get to speak on this passage. <laughs> I was supposed to speak on this passage on purpose, but hmm. we had to shift up the schedule. So, so you know, I mean, guys, how... how it, because it hits you personally or because you're just passionate about this or it's a popular passage? I mean... So I think two reasons there. One, it hits me personally, hmm. right? Two, as a, now a pastor, uh, uh, like a lead pastor for 14 years, yeah. I would say that the biggest hindrance to people experiencing the full abundant life spiritually, the number one issue in their lives seeing my people has been anxiety. Yeah. I totally yeah. believe you. Mm-hmm. I yeah. totally agree with you yeah. from what I've experienced as well. I mean, it's a, but we, I mean, we are literally living in the most anxious time in recorded history, yeah. I feel. I mean, and I don't know if that's more information. I mean, we have a culture now that seeks wellness above all else, mm-hmm. seeks physical wellness above all things. Um, and don't you think, to, to go along, one of the reasons for that is if we're looking at the Sermon on the Mount, in particular, even if we're looking at uh, here in these, these verses that you just read, the way that we are focused on ourselves today, primarily, it's all us, whether it's social media, whether it's um, news, whether regardless of what it is, everything is focused on me and what I am doing. I mean, that's, what's, that's the whole premise of social media, right? Is to bring attention back to who I am what, and my success in this world. But look what, look what Jesus is saying here. I mean, he's saying you're worrying about what you will eat, what you will drink, what you mm-hmm. will wear. The entire premise of what Jesus is trying to do is f- trying to invite us to look beyond ourselves. But we live in the most anxious society because we live in a society that has, it is so easy to only be focused on ourselves, which means we're living in the opposite of what Jesus is inviting us to. We experience freedom when we're no longer looking at ourselves for success or protection or provision. I totally, I, I, I agree with that. Would you say, like back to what was mentioned earlier, would you say that maybe the lines, if we're using a military analogy, that on this part of the battlefield, in the anxiety-worry sector, mm-hmm. do you feel like we've retreated as the kingdom completely and given in mm-hmm. to just the world? Like It, it becomes like a management thing mm-hmm. instead of uh, a healing thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think like, completely. I mean, and, and I think this passage for me is I've always had, by the grace of God, I don't struggle with this very much. Mm-hmm. And I've got other things... Yeah. But for me personally, I mean, even my daughter was in the hospital on Monday. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I just logically, I didn't feel like I had needed. She was a little dehydrated and, and whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel, you know, if there was a point where things were getting worse, I, I'm sure I would have cause for concern. But 
So as a pastor for me personally, um, praying into continually showing empathy, hmm. um, not to affirm, I'm not affirming mm-hmm. someone's anxiety or fear in their life, mm-hmm. but I mean, you know, our, our, our role as pastors is to, is to move them closer to Christ-likeness right. yeah. on that right. spectrum, right. right? Absolutely. And so from a heart standpoint, I need to be very in tune with this and yeah. empathetic yeah. to this yeah. to be able yeah. to do that. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, for me, that's, that's, that's kind of where I'm at. And I think, too, Ben, I, you had a great point um, as, we were to, as I was preparing for this sermon last week, and you mentioned, I don't know if you heard it or even if you coined it, but we've, as a society, allowed worry to become a virtuous sin. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's a huge thing of when you mentioned, Chip, about yeah. as a kingdom, we've retreated to allow yeah, the line to be yeah. softer, to we've, allow the line to come back. It's been permissible. It is. And, and we, we talk about how uh, we've now made it okay to worry. Well, you feel like somebody's more responsible if they if worry. If they're worrying. Yeah, yeah. Correct. Like, but that's the whole premise in which Jesus is saying, no, 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 no. And again, the whole premise of the Sermon on the Mount is uh, it's not about behavior modification, but heart transformation. Mm-hmm. And we begin making the line of, okay, what are the situations where it is okay to worry? And Jesus mm-hmm. is saying, no, it's not about trying to determine what situations... The loophole. Yeah, it's not yeah, about finding yeah, a it loophole. Is, it is, But it, Jesus is truly... But when is this okay? Yeah, yeah, and we're, we're constantly playing these games with ourselves. And sometimes in life that naturally fleshes out, mm-hmm. like yeah. a tornado or a snake. Yes, And we don't. Yes. But we're not looking to find those areas exactly. where I can, can uh, keep this in my life. Exactly, exactly. So, so let me play devil's advocate a little bit, okay? I mean, this we, we fast forward then to Matthew 26... And here we have Jesus, the man who did not sin, mm-hmm. in the Garden of Gethsemane, mm. mm-hmm. knowing what's about to happen. Mm-hmm. And then he said to them, his disciples, who he had asked to, to be there and pray, my soul is deeply grieved to the point of death. Remain here and keep watch with me. And he went a little beyond them and fell on his face and prayed, saying, my father, if it is possible, uh, let this cup be passed from me. Yes, not my will, but you be done. And then um, he's sweating droplets of blood. Mm-hmm. He, you know, we go on in this. Um, he definitely doesn't want to do. No, yeah, but, that's a that's a great. But he um, stands great thing to chew on when we talk about this. My my version. I'm I have the NIV here, but um, verse thirty eight. My soul is overwhelmed mm. with sorrow. Mm. So there's concern, right? There's yeah. there's this tension of being fully human and recognize the burden of bearing the sins of the world. Yeah. And this is such a beautiful picture of the the realness of Christ and his humanity. Yeah. And somehow I do believe that even being overwhelmed with sorrow, he still trusted in the provision of the Father. And he felt the emotion of having to go through this, being forsaken, mm-hmm. right? To me, that's the most powerful words on the cross. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Yeah. That hurts, emotional, yet at the same time, he um, doesn't worry. You know, to, to a certain extent, wow. Ben, I, I love the fact that you brought this particular passage up because I think 
so often when we read, if we go back to Matthew 6 and it says, hey, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. I think it's this moment with Jesus in which we see this isn't about this isn't about always receiving everything that we think we need to live a successful, happy-go-lucky, um, no-worry lifestyle, if you will. But Jesus here is seeking first the kingdom of God mm-hmm. and the righteousness of God. Suffering. And, exactly. Yeah. And what does God give him? God gives him the most fulfilling life ever. And that fulfilling life came through only through suffering. Jesus then experienced a depletion of resources, of being whipped, of being scorned, of being Mm -hmm. ashamed on the cross, to put it lightly. And yet this is what God provided. God, his loving, our loving father provided God the son Mm -hmm. with this. And so for us to think all of a sudden, well, by seeking first the kingdom of heaven, we're going to receive everything we need. That is an incorrect mode of thinking. That's not what Jesus is doing here and in, mm-hmm. with this particular Matthew 6 passage. You don't. You mean it's not a formula like if I give $100, <laughs> I get 1000 back? No, not in the Are slightest. Are you kidding? I know. It's a hard truth. It's a hard truth. My but whole life is now Chip, like, we'll talk about this later. <laughs> I need counseling. <laughs> but I think it's, a, it's, it's so crucial for us to understand that it, Jesus in this moment He is not looking at himself. Yes, he understands the burden that is about to come upon him, which is why he is sweating blood. But in this moment, he's looking to God saying, but not my will, your will be done. He's looking not at himself, but he's looking only at the kingdom of God and what is to come. So for me in that Matthew 6, 25 to to, uh, 33, 34, the, the phrase that really chews on me is, you of little yeah. faith. I almost yeah. paused and reread that when I was reading. So this. that's the, that's the point here, right? Like, <clears throat> do I believe in the goodness and provision mm-hmm. in the sovereignty of my Father? Because if I do, then I'm able to flush anxiety out when yeah. I know that yeah. I'm in the hands of a gracious, good Father. Yep. I know I'm going to be okay, whether the circumstances of this life are favorable, mm-hmm. are comfortable, or are difficult. Yeah, yeah. Um, and this is where Jesus lived. Like, this is why he didn't worry, because he trusted the plan right. of the Father, the goodness right. of the Father, mm-hmm. completely. To me, this is where the process of walking with Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit this is where he's bringing us in the sanctifying process through our lives, is to inherently trust greater, and I don't know if that's correct English, trust more in the goodness and provision of the Father. Right, right. right? And, and, to, and to a certain extent, though, that comes through, we have to practice this. Uh, this isn't something that just mm-hmm. comes automatically. We have to learn what it is. And sometimes, and I would probably say for all of us, it is a, it is almost mandatory. We have to go through times of suffering to learn what it is to trust God in the midst of the and suffering. And we are guaranteed suffering in this life. Yes. That is, that is, is what we yes. are guaranteed. Um, but, it's, it's, you know, I think it's the world that's trying to um, entice us that we can be healthy and well. It's, all the time. It's not scripture at all. I Can mean, we even say that maybe suffering and or failure mm. sometimes is almost not necessary, but it's huge in this. So I'm doing an Old Testament yeah. class, yes, right? Yes. Right now. Yes. Abraham, the father of f- the, the faith, right? Mm-hmm. The, the, yeah. Kind of the exhibit A. Yeah. 
And last night, I just keep getting hung back up on Genesis 22. Uh, take Isaac, the promised, mm-hmm. like Abraham lived for 18, 20, however many years, mm-hmm. just living in the glory of mm-hmm. what God had done as a hundred-year-old man now, mm-hmm. the, the whole thing. And then he looks at him and say, now I want you to take him, mm-hmm. and I want you to sacrifice him back to me. To me, the most startling story in the Old Testament Mm. To me, it is. Mm-hmm. It is like, really? This is God? Mm-hmm. But again, he's developing and strengthening and then using Abraham as an example for us yes. of what faith looks like. Yes. Because yes. then Hebrews later tells us that Abraham had come to a point in his life yes. where he so believed yes. in the provision of God and the goodness of God that he knew that even, he thought, that even if I kill my son on the altar... God will raise him up. Yes. Now, let me ask That's you this. That's amazing. That's freedom. That is freedom. That is free. Abraham lived in such great freedom. But it took some failures, right? right? Yeah. Some Absolutely. lying and yeah, some... Yeah, it took a lifetime. <laughs> it took a, literally a lifetime for Abraham to get to the point in time to where he could trust God with his only That's son. encouraging yeah. for me, though, because yeah. I've already failed God in this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, am I out? Yeah. Well, no, Abraham wasn't out, but he got there, mm-hmm. you know? So how many truly can... Can ask themselves, James one two, how many consider it joy when they encounter trials? Mm. <laughs> and I don't want to stray too far away from our main topic of anxiety, but when you encounter trials, yeah, do you encounter anxiety or joy, which surpasses all circumstance? Yeah. yeah. And it, let me remind you, it is not you who is responsible for. I mean, you are to give it up to the Lord. He Mm -hmm. is the one who imparts that joy, and it's because of Him. It's fully Him. He is Mm -hmm. that source. Encounter. I mean, and we've we talked about it about a month ago. I think Mm -hmm. in your office, you know, just when we sense we're going through difficult seasons, Mm -hmm. you know, do you you try to go around it? Mm -hmm. That's exactly yeah. Right. Or do you go right through it Mm -hmm. and just believe? And this is what Christ going back to Matthew twenty six. I mean, He knew. Yes. His purpose. Yes. And I think when you live with purpose and you know ultimately what your purpose is mm-hmm. and your hope. That's exactly right. Um, and you don't waver in that. Because um, anxiety causes what? Second guessing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just not not being confident in anything. Mm-hmm. Well, if you're confident in Christ, then there's really no cause for anxiousness. Yeah. Wouldn't you say... And maybe this is maybe this is your point. And the, we have worry, we have anxiety because of the way that we view trials in times of pain right. and hardship. Yeah, awesome. yeah. But if we have a new perspective on pain, hardship, yeah. and suffering, all of a sudden that does away with our need to worry about if it. If you treat it like a two a day in football season or something, mm-hmm. and knowing that the pain that you're experiencing now will create perseverance and endurance and a stronger faith on the back end, then we ought to be encouraged. So like piggybacking on the joy conversation and Christ in Matthew 26, think about what Hebrews tells us about Jesus. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. That's that's great. Right? That's how he viewed that time of suffering. Yeah. He knew what the end exactly. was going to produce. Yeah. And again, and so he could endure it. This is and 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 
He had the freedom to endure it. He had the freedom. He never. He didn't have to try to run around it. He didn't have he to try to escape it. it. Exactly. I mean, let's go to Romans five. I mean, I, I think this is the yep. point that we're trying to make here. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God. We have. We, we're not worrying. We're not. We're not. We have peace with God now. Peace. We can take a, a different theological route here, but we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces produces hope. hope. And hope does not put us to shame. Doesn't disappoint. Because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has Mm -hmm. been given to us. So here's the thing, I, and I wanted to make sure I got this in because I'm living in Matthew 7 right now because mm. we're getting ready to preach on that this Sunday. Which will speak more to my heart and my things I need to get better. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we just talked about <laughs> but here's we the don't thing. struggle with and things What I noticed right, right. as I fleshed this out yeah. is we're talking about judging, right? And, and then we're talking about loving others and doing unto others mm-hmm. as we would have them do unto you. So like... Right in the middle of that is the ask, seek, knock passage that so often is ripped out to talk about how we should pray. But if we keep it in context, in the flow of Jesus' logical train of thought, what he was trying to say is, listen, I'm asking you to not live judgmental toward other people. I'm asking you to treat them as you do yourself, love them as you do yourself. The only way you're going to do this is if the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. is in you. Mm-hmm. You cannot do this nope. yes. on your own. Like you were talking there. Yeah. Like yeah. Romans 5. And yes, the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. has been shed abroad in yes. our heart yes. that allows us to persevere and that, you know, rejoice in these trials. And so mm-hmm. again, when we talk through the Sermon on the Mount and all these like challenging ideals. We want to make sure that we're always doing it in light of, we can't do this. Exactly. I -hmm. cannot pull off the Sermon on the Mount, not even close. That's why Jesus said, listen, your Old Testament 613 laws, it's failing to even do the most basic of things, and I'm calling you to a kingdom ethic. This should help you to understand that only, only Mm -hmm. me in you. Right. is going to, to work. Yeah, and I was thinking about this. I, I was thinking about the, the the story of the woman at the well with him, mm-hmm. and he told her everything that she had ever done, and he and she, you know, get, he gives her living water. Right, and right, right. he says, go and sin no more. But what he's saying there isn't on you. Now, now do, you know, now that you've seen me, try harder. He's saying, because I have given you this. Yeah. Go yeah. and sin no more. I have empowered you now yeah. to live. Yeah, I have good. empowered you to yeah. do this. Yeah. yeah. Right. It just made me think of that and what you're saying. Yeah. We want to make sure that when we talk through these things, worry, anxiety, mm-hmm. those are challenging things, right? Oh, yeah. And that's why when Paul says, be anxious for nothing, you're like, oh, my goodness. But in but everything. You, but there it is. <laughs> it's like Paul says, this is what God wants, this is what he's saying, don't do. Mm-hmm. But then he says, this is how God helps you to not do it. Everything in, by prayer and supplication, yeah. let your request be made known to God, right. and the peace of God, which, which transcends all, all understanding. Yeah. We can't understand this. We cannot understand what we need from the Holy Spirit. This that's is why it, we it. go to the Holy Spirit. And He's the energizing factor exactly. here. Exactly. God doesn't ask us to live a life that He then doesn't come alongside yeah. 
and in yeah. power and resources. Yeah. It, it is ironic because, Ben, you say that Matthew 6, the whole worrying side might not be for you, but you, we get to Matthew 7, it is. Matthew 6 <laughs> is for me. So this is the difference even between the three of us. I am on the side of worrying, and uh, it, it is this truth. Uh, this is why this, this sermon for me this past week, the Sermon on the Mount has been the hardest series now, granted, I've only been in ministry for a fraction of when you have been in ministry, Chip, but this has been the most difficult series to preach through because it is these topics to where we try to so focus on the behavior. I want to get this right. I want to get this right, but we we can't get this right. We need the Spirit in us. Right. And it's also the series, like, and listen, I might have been in it longer than you, but this is like heavy, weighty it stuff. Is. It is. Because you also stand before people and you proclaim the scriptures but you know how desperately you need this exactly that's probably the most that's the most humbling part of it all but right? that's that's out of yeah that that actually god does miraculous mm-hmm. and wonderful yeah. things yeah that's right that's yeah. right yeah this has been a this has been a good conversation i love it i love today. bouncing around the new testament too yeah. like yeah. tying it all yeah. in the word of god is Man, Beautiful. you went to Sufficient. you went to Abraham there for a Perfect. second. Perfect. <laughs> well, it wasn't Jacob. Yeah. <laughs> Inside joke. Yeah. No. All right. Well, any last words? Uh, I'm going to totally be superficial after such a spiritual uh, conversation that I've enjoyed. <laughs> if well, he says go hawk, guys, yeah, I'm out of here. Can't wait. But, uh, all of you finishing your brackets last minute. <laughs> Get them in. Get them in and believe in the Iowa Hawkeyes. The deep run in the tournament. Has that been a source of anxiety for you over the years? <laughs> Maybe it's time to repent. No? It used to be. Not now. No. I just enjoy the good, <laughs> embrace the bad, and just enjoy basketball now. There we go. All right. And my kids. <laughs>